All right, get serious. Oh, sh- Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Project Dreammaker podcast. I'm your host, Stephen R. Burns. And before I introduce our guest today, please remember to click like or subscribe if you're watching on the YouTube channel. And I am excited today to introduce our first guest. A guest it's Mark Allen Rolo. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> he is the creator of the Unboring Wedding course. Is it Unboring Wedding Academy, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's a best-selling author. You can see the book behind him from Wedding Zero, Ceremony Hero. And he is considered one of the top uh, wedding officiant experts in North America. That is that is all true, folks. Um, and as you may note through this interview, uh, we've known each other for a, a long time. So, Mark, listen, man, really, really excited to have you on the show today. I'm glad to be here, and neither of us is sure how we're going to get through this without laughing the whole time, but hopefully, uh, like I really want to impart something to to the person who's watching and listening to this, uh, so that that's the aim, so let's, let's, let's hit that. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we can do that, that we can do that. Um, so, you've been an entrepreneur for uh about four years right on your own yeah really on my own 2017 2018 yeah was when it really got started when i admitted that to myself and that's part of my journey so spoiler alert yeah that's we're and we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get to that but let's let's go back let's let's go back to um and i always say this on every show it's about starting out and starting over your your beginnings talk a little bit me about talk to me a little bit about where you grew up and and sort of how that forged you as you made your way forward. Okay. I don't know if you could see like the sadness roll over me when you, <laughs> when you said that. Because it was, I mean, it's, uh, I love how you say starting over because that really is what I have done. And just the last couple of years, I have, I have gotten some insight in just how much the the previous 10 years was re- kind of recovering or responding to my my upbringing um so i grew up in ottawa right away at the age of three my dad took me into the doors of a very fundamentalist cult-like church uh and my family and i um you know mom dad sister and me grew up essentially in an authoritarian fundamentalist christian cult for um the first 20 years of my life uh so very strict rules all the things you would associate with kind of that you know conservative christian upbringing everybody's the enemy other churches are the enemy uh not just other religions other christians who don't think what we do uh and so i mean i grew up like totally on board i'm not gonna say oh i didn't like that i mean that for a for a white teenager in (laughs) in ottawa like and and you're just constantly being told you have the truth you are the you know little mini saviors of society and making everything right again uh that was just fine with me uh so i don't want to get too far into how i left that but i went to university uh much to the scary caution of everybody i i knew i loved uh english i love history uh that kind of liberal arts bent uh and so i went into a university to get an english lit degree uh and all the authorities that be in my life were said like a be careful once you start reading because that's really dangerous uh and and b you should be going into computers because that's where the money is (laughs) um me as a computer designer just is hilarious uh so i i I agree (laughs) <laughs> so I, I I just pursued my degree. That's when I ultimately learned how to read deeply, read critically, Shakespeare, Chaucer, other novels. And then I just started realizing, I, I think, I think this church is reading the Bible wrong. And so that allowed me to start asking questions. And ultimately, I was told to just stop asking questions. Uh, you can't stop asking questions when you start asking questions. So uh, I just I just left. Uh, and I had to start over then. I've started over a couple of times in my life. 
Uh, but that meant all my friends, all my people who are like second parents. I mean, I was home. I was like church schooled, homeschooled. My whole life was this little bubble. And once I left in university, it's not like I had anywhere to go. I didn't have other churches to go to because I had been brought up hearing that all other churches are feeding BS. So once that church that I grew up in, once I established it, they're really out to lunch on just like logical reading issues. And then I realized, well, I'd been taught all other churches are wrong. So that's it. So I left uh, and then went to Korea to teach English for a few years, was kind of a agnostic slash atheist, uh, but met uh, a Nazarene uh, pastor over there, American guy. We became friends and he got he started asking me questions and he's a question asker. His name is Josh. And he kind of got me interested in going back to theology. And that's where I really learned that, okay, I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. I need to know this stuff. I love reading this stuff. Uh, and so once I got into it and just couldn't stop talking about it, couldn't stop studying, amateurs studying Greek and Hebrew, the original languages of uh, the Bible, that's where people started saying, you should go to seminary. And of course, you should be a pastor. So, uh, because what else do you do with a seminary degree? <laughs> so, so I went I to seminary and, uh, and, and loved it. I mean, just absolutely loved the study, immersed myself, and of course, got on the pastor track uh, and ultimately ended up being a, a, a pastor uh, at a very large church in, in Toronto, a mega church, one of the satellite sites with the full leadership infrastructure and that kind of thing. And, uh, and, and realized once I got out of school and the paperwork and the study, paper writing and studying and language learning and, and just geekery that that involves and started being a pastor and seeing that that was like about community organizing and mobilizing volunteers and answering email and having one-on-one -on -one coffees and, you know, the job of a pastor that I had spent four years <laughs> <laughs> and it never dawned on me that I might not love it or be wired that way. Uh, that was a bit of a crisis for me, like my second year into pastoring. Once I launched a new site and, and did that kind of entrepreneurial work of getting a new site going, once that was running and it was kind of in maintenance mode and conflict resolution and that kind of stuff, and that's where I was just like, oh, no, this is not who I am. <laughs> this is not what I want to do. So <laughs> existential crisis number two. Um, and that's where I launched a podcast. So I got this idea to get out of being a lead pastor of a site and start a podcast. And I had told the powers that be in my denomination that I'll start a podcast to plant a church. Uh, that felt very like um, I didn't right. have the word entrepreneur. I keep using the word entrepreneur, but that's why I said, spoiler alert earlier, the breakthrough moment in my life was when somebody said entrepreneur. In the circles that I was running in, I, I never even, I didn't know about that word. I didn't know that, I didn't know what that meant. Um, you hear leadership all the time. You're a that's leader, right. Mark, you're a leader. Everybody had to earmark me as a leader. Oh, leadership. And we that big church I worked at, leadership development, and it was all leaders. and leaders retreats and um and so you know i'm like i put that mantle on everyone had affirmed that in me i mean i was t a teacher in korea uh management positions when i was a student so of course you put that on everybody has told you that right. but that's when i learned it was only when i started being a leader that i was like i couldn't understand why it didn't fit because i felt like a leader everyone said i was a leader and I, I ended up talking to the head of the denomination and saying, I, I don't understand why I would get this far and realize and not know that I'm not that this doesn't work. And I was actually on the phone with uh, the, the head of the pastors uh, at one point, And he said to me, do you realize you're an entrepreneur? And <laughs> I was like, what, really? I mean, I've heard that word, but what is that? And as soon as he said it and I looked into it, it was like with, within an hour or two of like kind of going on the internet, what is an entrepreneur and, and looking at entrepreneur books, like every title of every entrepreneur book, I just wanted to read them like the matrix, just like download them immediately. <laughs> so that started, I mean, I had done the theology and the geekery, I think, to settle all of the uh, 
the unsettling that I had grown up with. I mean, I so much angst, so much conflict about like, I'm pretty sure if there's a God that God doesn't send people to burn forever in a hell. But how do I like, how do I study the book to, to figure that out and defend mm. that position? Things like that, that once that was all straightened out in my mind, uh, I, I kind of was like done. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't, it was almost like the angst that drove me. Uh, my, my issues with my dad who still goes to that church and stuff like that, that drove me. Once I had all settled that and made peace with it, and said, this is who I am, and I don't need to have suffer with that stuff anymore, I could move on. And so the entrepreneur journey started with that podcast building and saying, I want to build, I want to start a church from the podcast. I went to a bivocational conference because bivocationalism, if, if you don't, if you're not familiar with that, it's this kind of movement that says Christian ministers shouldn't just sit in an office in their church and get paid by their congregation. They should go out and get a job and integrate in the community and 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 work uh, and get a normal job and then do other initiatives, community initiatives, maybe build a church and stuff, but they're not asking their people to pay them. I was really interested in that. Again, that little entrepreneurial tweak. Uh, right. And and but then I realized planting a, a new sexy church based on a really charismatic guy who has a podcast that just grossed me out so i got grossed out by my own idea really quick and realized because people were saying like mark when are you starting that church in your living room i want to come to your house i love your podcast i love what you're doing and i i just got i started getting this conviction that spirituality really needs to be about the way not not a person you're following and you and i have seen mega church movements the mars hill and i don't want to do too much inside baseball here but yeah. there are loads of like oh i love that person and i fall and i'm essentially going to this church or maybe i'm just a christian because of this person in right. seminary i wanted to be that guy when i started working for the big church and then even started the podcast and started getting some response around that i started to feel like oh no i don't <laughs> i don't want that at all so that again was a moment of me like how many times do I have to fall down here before I figure out uh, what fits, what what you know, what works? I think I just talked a lot. I'll I'll put it back to the host now. Got anything? Uh, that was uh, really good. Um, Are you still there? <laughs> my 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 Wi-Fi is still working, so it's all good. Um, yeah, we had some issues, folks, uh, before the show. If you want a little little uh, inside. Um, it was, you know, what's interesting though, Mark. Honestly, and, and you guys who are listening to this, you, you in it, or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can. Mark and I have been close friends for a long time, so um, we actually went to seminary together. So when I when he talks about how much he loved it and geeking out, I can tell you that that's true. He was also the valedictorian of the class and the speaker of the class and all that. But what's interesting to me is you connecting the dots, which I haven't done, and I know your history obviously very well because I actually went to that church yeah. with when you were there. Yeah. I, I've never connected the dots before like you have to the entrepreneurial part about starting that church mm. and um, and how once that was done and I remember your podcast too and and thinking and now when I think back of how you've connected those dots it it makes sense to me that this is kind of um, that entrepreneur part, and we've, you know, you've heard some of the interviews I've had this season, mm -hmm. it, there's a part of it, like, all the time, right? And, and, and this is off topic a little bit, but it was interesting when you were talking about being a pastor, and it reminded me a lot of uh, Jackie Chiquette, and those of you listening, mm -hmm. you should go back next week, or to last week's interview with her, and when she talks about political work, that community part mm -hmm. is, and I'm not equating faith with politics i'm not trying to do something but but that that work the organizing the getting the pamphlets out the, is really again it's it's sort of in a similar field and so no now, but i just to touch on that like put a pin in whatever you're about to say i was listening to jackie's interview with great uh amusement because i don't know how you're releasing these or what order right now but i could not be more opposite than jackie because when she <laughs> talked about like 
I love the team part. The the team the team politics is such a team, and and I've gotten to this place where again that's the leader piece. You hear you're a leader, and so you're like leader means I have to lead these people, and so the church thing. In the last few years, I have really made peace with the fact that I don't want to work for somebody. <laughs> And I want to work with people as little as possible. By And what I mean is like the team thing. And I think it's just my wiring and probably the entrepreneur thing is I'm all about, this is probably like saying the end too early, but I'm all about launching people, empowering them, equipping them and training them and like throwing them out of the airplane, basically. That is what my whole business has become. So it's just funny how uh, you talked about like sports with Jackie, you know, when people retire, when athletes retire, they miss the locker room, they miss the team, the guys, the girls who they went through so many things with. And I'm like, I am so happy being a lone wolf uh, that uh, it's it's almost weird. So um, I, I just think for people listening, they might not be able to relate to that the way, uh, you know, the maybe the way that Jackie or that kind of thing, but it took me a while to not think I was broken or something was wrong with me. I don't know. Well, maybe I there mean, is. I, but, well, but I've why, made people. No, in the sense you, that you can be an entrepreneur. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you're happy to throw people out of an airplane. So, I mean, what what could possibly be wrong? <laughs> meaning, no meaning. Launching them. There's, there's in that analogy, there's a jetpack. There's sky. Did that? Wow. Did you think I meant like kill people? <laughs> Well, so I just want to clarify. And and what I meant was, you know, like when you're like there at the door. Yeah, I, I know. I it know. was clear in my mind because I yeah. work with officiants who want to get going. And yeah. I realized like launching, training, like go make make the move. I had to do it myself. You're standing yeah. at the door and you're just like looking down. You're like, I'm not going to survive this. Uh, it yeah. took like some virtual people like Pat Flynn and that to get me to jump out of the plane. But that's yeah. what I love is like, you're out of the plane. We're not sitting in the plane singing Kumbaya together for the next few years. We, <laughs> I'm putting that thing on you and I'm telling you how to jump and you're going to jump. And then when you get, when you, after you do it, you might not need me anymore. Yeah, uh, you're yeah. like, I did my first jump and that's great. So that is, you know, if you're talking about dream makers, I really thought I was uh, like, something was wrong with me because a leader has a team, right? Yeah. That's where entrepreneur was like, click, okay, that, that finally, finally, I, I just hadn't seen it. I hadn't encountered the kind of lone wolf entrepreneur. And now that I listen to podcasts, like how I built this and things like that, uh, that's, that's what all, I mean, it's just a community of people like that. Yeah. The, and, and would you like, you're a solo, what they call a solopreneur, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, like we, like I've had a few people on the show <laughs> um like jill charette and, and others who have started like a like a business like a store yeah. or bruce yeah. alexander who you know and they're considered entrepreneurs but oh, yeah. they they do have a team of people they write you or you listen to guys like um well, it depends who you're listening to whether it's pat flynn or one of many guys graham cochran whoever and they talk about you know delegating like hire somebody and delegate it yeah but, but you're a true solopreneur and um i wanted i want to go through the uh the start of your and folks i was just i was just kidding about him throwing people out of the airplane um he, i like he, how i like how you focus on communication as your thing stephen r burns communicate i feel like you just called me out on like <laughs> i wasn't clear enough no, no no i just teasing you man i just teasing you brother i just it was just it was it was funny we and folks, for a little, little, little bit of inside baseball, we were talking before this, like, how are we going to get through this without like, yeah. just like laughing? Because this is, this is how our, our conversations pretty much always go. Um, so, so, so bear with us, bear with us. Um, so the start though is, so you're, you, you are a pastor and then, um, and when I, when I said this off, off the top and, and people need to understand that I was being completely serious when I say you're one of the top uh, wedding officiant experts in North America. That that is just that's not in question. Um, but you you start doing weddings. You're a pastor, and what was it about? 
I mean, I think for some people, like certainly for me, uh, who has spent time as a minister, the idea of marrying people um, and seeing them, and, and it's really a happy occasion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mostly, right? I'm, <laughs> I, <laughs> I've emceed a lot of weddings. It turned so, into a very different podcast yeah. episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's stay out of that ditch. <laughs> so, if if you you but you get into it, you start marrying people. Um, when was it? It was something that kind of clicked that you were like, you know, I I really love to do this. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, developing your own um, ideas which have become so popular i mean forever like all the people that you train all the people that you coach the people that come back and have told you given you like testimony like oh man i took your course and then you know killed it um so tell me tell me that journey like when you when you're starting out and you're marrying people because most pastors do that and then you really think oh man i i really like this like how did that how did that happen yeah, well, that's why I, I had to do the whirlwind tour of like of that first kind of two thirds <laughs> of my life to get to the point of like the penny dropping, the entrepreneur thing. Sometime um, when I was in the kind of doing the podcast, actually, it was while while I was a pastor, a professional officiant company reached out to me and said, "Would you like to join our team? We want to expand into Toronto, where I was." And my right away, I said, no, because like, I don't like doing weddings like there. It's a happy occasion. Everything is said, but like the wedding ceremony is like a snore fest, like the things you have to do and say. And I just wasn't into it. And he said, oh, well, we make it really fun. And I was like, how is that possible? He said, well, we tell the couple's story and stuff. So I was intrigued. I started working for this company, uh, but it was just a side thing. I was just an employee. I never thought it would go anywhere. Um, you know, they resourced me. They took the payment. They paid me, that kind of thing. So I was an employee just working on the side, making extra money. And then once the podcast thing happened and I was thinking, okay, I had convinced my wife this is going to turn into a thing that will feed our family. Don't worry. But then I got, you know, grossed out and didn't want to do it. Then you have to tell your family, like, I, I have no marketable skills, honey. Uh, I've, I've graduated seminary. I love reading Greek and Hebrew and theological tomes. Uh, I've decided I don't want to plan a church. I decided I don't want to, the podcast, I didn't want it to keep it going. It needs to have a purpose. And the purpose of Wiki God was to survey people in the city, to rally, to start some kind of movement and momentum to get people in my living room. And once I decided I didn't want to do that. The wheels fell off. So there was a very dark period. And I remember one time I was actually wheeling my suitcase of podcast stuff coming back from an interview that I'd done downtown with somebody. I was close to the end of that two year contract. The denomination was kind of said, okay, you're done. Like you've decided to walk away from this mark. And I was like, yep. Uh, And I was listening to uh, a podcast called the fizzle show and somebody I was just listening to business podcast because I knew I had to figure something out and if I just started listening to like marinating in the juices of business talk maybe something would come to me and it it did there was a guy on their podcast the fizzle show and he said uh is there is there something that you do he was just the three of them were kind of spitballing and chatting around this table about business is there something that you do that people have said is incredible and that you can teach to others and that they would pay to learn and i remember i was walking down young street with my and i almost like i think i like stopped and i just felt my heart pound it's one of those moments where you know something is about is happening something is happening and I literally went home, put my suitcase down, and I told Naomi, I have the idea. I, I have I have the idea that's gonna turn the corner on this. And it was to for, for me, it was weddings. People asked me, like, how do you do such fun wedding ceremonies? But again, I was just an employee. So I was like, oh, you know, I, I it, it wasn't a system, it, it wasn't uh I married people, I did my best, but I realized if I systematized what I was doing and you know, left the company and, and made it a real, like kind of McDonald-ized it uh, because 
as a business person, I realized like creating a system. That's why I loved watching the founder actually uh, with Michael Keaton, like McDonald's became McDonald's because of like the system that they created, like literally of like, how fast can you turn the burgers? How, how, where the people stand in the kitchen, that kind of thing. Um, I realized if I could create a, a product of weddings and teach it to people, uh, I, I could sell a course and I love teaching already. So it was almost like every, all my skills came to this like point in the cone where I, I, got, I could teach people and I love doing that. Uh, I could keep officiating and really hone it uh, right. and, and do even better for my couples and create this course. And I had listened, I'd been listening to Pat Flynn and Smart Passive Income and stuff like that. I had actually bought a course about how to build a course from a guy called David Simon Garland. But I always thought that I would use that course to teach something Jesus-y or theological or something. So I'd paid $1,000 a year before thinking I would ultimately end up teaching about the Bible or something like that. So I knew once once that penny dropped, I was like, that's it. I'm gonna start watching David Simon Garland's course that I had purchased about how to build a course, but it's gonna be about how I do my process and my system. I had the choice of creating an agency, kind of like the agency I worked for, uh, to just bring a team on, take a huge cut of their work and make money that way. Right. And this is what I was saying about throwing people out of the plane, uh, <laughs> which was <laughs> virtuous. Uh, I, I, I had a choice. Do I start that kind of efficient mill or do I open source this? Do I turn it into... I'm the person that people turn to to get trained and then launch out and do whatever they want with it. That to me has 10x more potential than having to find and hire and control and maintain and train or whatever the behavior of 8, 10, 50 officiants. Uh, I get that many people in a week, you know, coming through my right. training, my YouTube, my courses, and I just absolutely, that just completely jazzes me. That That's the spark. And I know I wouldn't be feeling that spark if, again, I were leading a team. So there was a lot of it was realizing, like, who who am I? And I think I had learned with the church thing that I don't want to lead a little group of people and, you know, do retreats with them and inspire them. This is where I had to realize I want to train people and I want them to take home 100% of the pay. I also don't like the idea of taking a cut of what they earn and that kind of thing. I want 100% people to launch like rockets and go where they want and, and get all the money that, that they should be earning. There's something there, Mark, that you said that I just want to touch on real quick that, um, that makes sure people don't miss is when you talk about... Um, entrepreneurs, when you talk about artists, um, I can speak to that as a writer, um, or you talk about it, people like Jackie or people like Lorraine who are doing charity work or, or mm. political work. The idea of understanding who you are yeah. is absolutely integral yeah. to like every, every person that I've had on this show, every person mm. has had to figure that out. And so for all of those of you watching or listening, what Mark's journey is, what he's outlining is his understanding of who he is. So then the entrepreneurial work, or in this case, the solopreneurial work, um, or whatever you want to do, it becomes organic. It comes from within. So uh, when you talk about that, and I could talk about my online course, how to write in 90 minutes, um, it's, it, it was this, it's the same idea that I, I love to teach. I, you know, I do the editing. But what if I could, what if I could just, you know, share with people and show people, listen, you watch, watch these modules, watch this course, you'll be better right yeah. away. Yeah. Like literally in an hour and a half, you will be a better writer. Yeah. And, and so, and so we share, we share that, but I just thought it was important to mention that um, the, the, the understanding of who you are is to me, the make or break on whether or yeah. not something works, right? Like if you, um, and I've had, I forget who I, who was talking about this, one of my guests, um, if you go out and do something that, you know, maybe you're making good money on it, but you don't love it, that, there's a good chance that you're not gonna end up being able to to keep going with it because, because it isn't organic and it's not who you are. 
So I would, I would just say this, and I don't know if you agree with this, Mark, but I would say this to anybody who wants to start something, make sure it's something that you really love. Like make sure it's something that comes from who you are and something you're passionate about because, <clears throat> because that has to be the foundation. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And when I was doing my podcast, Wikigod, uh, I started getting involved with a radio station in Toronto, uh, did a couple of interviews with them, for them, appeared on the air, and I got an offer. The head of the station called me into his office, actually took me out for lunch and said, we'd like you to do a three hour live drive home show every single day. So I had to go home again, no prospects, knowing that my podcast is coming to an end. I just got dangled a huge package uh, and I'm saying to Naomi, yeah, but this is where Pat Flynn's book, Will It Fly, a book I've recommended to you. And rec I read that book and it is such a litmus test. There's literally exercises. And just really simply, one of the things I heard him say in his podcast is, imagine the thing that you're starting becomes wildly successful. Just like lay back, close your eyes and blue sky it and say, imagine it becomes the most successful you could ever imagine. And now look at what your life looks like. And that's where I realized if I took that drive home show, three hours on the radio every day, just discounting the chaos it would create in my family's life. But let's say, let's say it was hugely successful. Everybody, I became a household name. I still realized like becoming the like Christian Oprah is not at all what I didn't want to sit behind a mic and interview people. And I, 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 that just didn't work now. So exactly what you're saying is right, because I was kind of crazy to turn that down. But I realized again, I think because of the lesson that I had learned with the pastoring and stuff, if I put that on and it doesn't fit, I'm really, really in trouble. So I declined that job that offer they kept coming back to me didn't want to let me go but i knew it took me 38 years to figure out like who i was and what what i wanted to do there's so much noise out there i could look at you a guy who writes like your thing is you just can't stop writing you can't help yourself it's crazy and if i said i got to be like steve what's wrong with me uh i need to write i want to be a writer so i need like i couldn't do what you do it would just i would die inside and there's so many people, like when I was a pastor, I worked with pastors who were like, I have the best job in the world having coffee with people and hearing their problems and doing hospital visits. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't stand doing that. Um, and that's where I realized, like, it's not, it, it's not me, it's, there, there's different wiring. So that is a huge takeaway that I would say, absolutely, if people get nothing else from this conversation, try to figure out what you like and, and, you know, my wife was a psychotherapist and, you know, you and I did personality trainings and seminary and stuff. And that's where you realize I always use the like funny example of when I got married, I thought like, I really thought something was mentally and emotionally wrong with my wife because sometimes she didn't want to go out to parties or gatherings of people. Uh, I didn't know what an introvert was. <laughs> so like, I really thought she had problems. Uh, and then I just realized she's different than I am. So uh, psychoanalyze that as you will, but I've never forgotten that, that like the world is filled with different people than me, but that made it super hard to figure out and lean into what I like to do, what my strengths are, because there's so much noise saying, you should do this, you are that, let me affirm this in you. And I, I, I was never given the space to really think through how I'm wired and what I'm like and what I actually want to do. Once I found that I'm an entrepreneur, I like to train. I have a bit of a big personality. People seem to gravitate towards me when I'm on the camera, when I'm speaking. I started to say, okay, okay, I think I, think I got this. I think I can wrap my head around what it is I can do. Um, right. I love helping people and training. And so that was the first steps on the journey that happened really just five five years ago or so yeah and for people listening um <clears throat> i i've done this before there's a you can get it's called the myers-briggs personality test <clears throat> you can get a free pseudo copy you can find it on the internet um and you know it's it for us we we've we've done it we went through it and we did the official and you know with the course and stuff uh, at seminary, but but for a lot of people, when they when they learn what their personality is, 
it's it's a revelation i've had people go i didn't i didn't realize this was like i was like this like this was okay and um and so yeah so for people listening you if it's also part of the journey of of doing this is um is understanding who you are and and something as simple as um the myers-briggs test there there's a few of them um maybe i can put a few links in the uh in the description below mark like i just feel like that stuff is really helpful but let's talk about your course um because this is really um this was the game changer for you and um so the unboring wedding academy and this is the in this course uh mark walks a walks you through um how to be an efficient what he does so he literally gives you the system to if to use his earlier analogy to build your own mcdonald's and 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 why it works um i can tell you all that it does um but i want to take i want you to just go back just a little bit into some of the early challenges and and for those listening if you're in the us anybody can basically be an efficient but if you're in canada there are certain spots in canada like where we are like where i am in ontario you're in new brunswick in ontario you have to be either a judge or you have to be a minister and you get a license number. Those are, that's it. Those are the only options. Yeah. So, but in the U S you, you know, for 50 bucks, you can, you can, you can get your license to marry. So it, it's an interesting market that you, that you've gone after because it's one, it's not generally Canadian and two, um, it's really niche specific. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that and what that challenge was like for you. Uh, so the, I mean, the biggest challenge once I had that moment of, I know what I want to do and literally hug Naomi in the kitchen and was like, I, I, I think we're going to get it. We're going to make the turn on this. You know, I have the job, the money's running out. I have nothing to move to, um, was, I didn't know how to do anything, uh, involved in creating a course, like not again, English lit degree, theology nerd, <laughs> like I, I didn't know how to do cameras or now the, the wiki God thing, I had done some mic tech, but websites, when you get down to what is required to build a course and you've created one, uh, yep. you're just like, okay, where do I start? But again, I had bought that <laughs> course of somebody who knew what they were talking about. So I bought it and just started going through. So the biggest challenge, I would say, another big takeaway, I hope this is pithy, I sure intend it to be, uh, is... And, and I heard I heard people on the Fizzle podcast and other podcasts I talked to say this, and I, I can't I can't stress it enough and how, how, my, how true it is in my own life is you need to you can't look down the line at all the steps, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, O, J, K, L, M, O, P, and say, like, there's no way I know how to do step P, Q, R like that. That is terrifying. You can't look that far. Like you wanna know the outcome. I'm gonna have a course, I'm gonna train people. But the technical stuff of like lighting and mics, and once you really start thinking about it, how do I how do I edit video? How do I, how do I shoot? What do I shoot it on? How do I edit it? Once it's yeah. done and it's a file, where do I put it? And then, oh, oh my gosh, once the course is created, then I have to market it? I know nothing about marketing. I don't know how I would promote this. If I had thought of all that stuff, you wouldn't have done it i wouldn't have started so the pithy statement is you have to take the next step and trust that once you get to that step the person you're going to be on that lily pad is going to be the person who will be able to take the next step that really is it so i had to start at a and go to b and then trust that once i get to b there'll be enough i'll be able to see okay c is next and i know okay now how to shoot something then that'll be quite a learning curve but the person that i am now on c is different than the person i am now on a so and then just move forward and i just moved forward over months and months and months and created this course uh and once you know as you said once you get the feedback of the few people who've bought it at the beginning and say oh my gosh you changed my life I absolutely crushed it. You delivered on exactly what you promised. 
then you know you've got reviews and and you know i know this isn't a business podcast per se but i could go on all day about that and i do when i teach this stuff and lecture on it uh but that is so rewarding for me because all i really ever wanted to do is teach and launch people throw them out of the plane i'll never i'll never recover from from that uh no it's okay it's okay <laughs> listen and and what you're saying is true because i know when i i decided um you know at the at the start of i guess it was last year it was 2020 and, and, uh, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, the one thing I really want to do is I, I want to teach people how to write because mm -hmm. there's, there's nothing out there that teaches because I've been an educator forever and there's just nothing in the schools that teach people how to do this practical form of writing, right? Where write emails, yeah. write reviews, write essays, all this stuff was on for novelists. Now, as a novelist, I appreciate you can find all that stuff, but, um, but for for just for people to just be better in terms of writing and students to be better, I didn't see it out there. So I was like, okay, I got to yeah. create it. And so most of my course is on PowerPoint because I find that's the easiest way to teach. Because when I teach creative writing courses in person, I you know I would use a chalkboard as an example. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so that, that's but I had no idea how to use PowerPoint. So that was that. So I'm just reiterating what you're saying. Like, yeah. forget all the marketing and stuff. I was like, well, I have all these ideas. I, I, you know, I spent months, um, no, I guess it was two years ago. I, it took me about nine months to write the course. And then I was like, but I have no idea how to use PowerPoint. Yeah. Like, like that was the lily pad, right? Like yeah. I, I, I just, I never used it. I haven't worked yeah. in a business situation. We don't use it in, in schools. So, you know, so it's like, oh, you have this great idea for a course that you spent months and months writing and now you have no idea. So, well, so and, have, and when you look at all the obstacles, there's just too many. You get discouraged. Like, I don't know oh, how to use yeah. PowerPoint. I don't know how to edit video. I don't even know what programs to use. Once you get to that lily pad and you say, the next thing I need to do is X and you start looking into X, you will be able to get there. You'll be able to figure it out, but you got to right. trust yourself. So, you know, to review, <laughs> <laughs> knowing who knowing who you are that took me freaking way too long uh but man it's integral like what do you like to do you talk about personality tests personality tests don't really reveal who you are i think we throw that around too much personality yeah. personality tests reveal what you prefer right i prefer extroversion i prefer intuitive i prefer right. so you got to be okay with what you prefer man like just say you know yeah. I prefer this, that, and the other. And so you've got to figure out who you are in terms of your preferences and your wiring. And then you got to just be able to trust that as I move forward in whatever, whether it's political or social justice or business, or um, as I move forward down that road, I'm going to meet the people that I need to meet. I'm going to come in contact with the resources that I need to come in contact with and, and move forward. Otherwise, you'll never get started. But man, don't let that stop you because everybody who's successful had no idea how they were going to achieve that success. There's no like roadmap that you can follow at all. No, no. And every AI rate and every story is different. Um, and uh, we're going to wrap up here shortly. Um, but before, before we let you go, um, the best piece of advice and I, I, that you have ever received. And I, I feel like, and I've asked, I ask, everybody on the show is comes on to give advice but i think you've i think the two the two pieces of advice that you've given are are just our gold to be honest with you and know, know who you are and trust in yourself what you're yeah. doing moving forward i think that's wonderful advice but was there was there any um did somebody share that with you or was there another piece of advice that uh that you gleaned maybe not from someone in person but maybe it was from a pat flynn or maybe it was from a uh, someone like that? Well, I mean, there's so many things. And like I said, I don't want to get too much into the business weeds. But one thing that I had to do once I created the course and put it out there in the world was, um, yeah, some people purchased it. But when I started marketing it to wedding officiants, every wedding officiant thought they were already the best wedding officiant, <laughs> even though, even though, like, you know, they probably weren't uh, telling the story and wowing people and thrilling people. So I had to pivot. And that was the other big kind of big learning is once you do decide to entrepreneur, you might need to 
to pivot into something completely different. I think of like when I listen to the story of Stacy's pita chips, like she was actually doing a food truck. The pita chips were just like the waste she put out at the end of the day in little baggies, pitas that didn't get eaten. Well, now Stacy's pizza pita chips, that's all people know her for. She had to see like people seem to really like these pitas. <laughs> and and that was like her that now it's a multi-million dollar business. Uh for me, I started having to people in my email list when they got back to me i started realizing it's a lot of like first time friends and relatives that have been asked to officiate a wedding for the very first time and were utterly clueless here i thought i was going to sell my course to professionals that just makes sense but the most terrified person was the first time friend or relative so i totally changed all of my language my email list my sales page everything to focus on that person and I found my target. So now I, I'm speaking to the terrified friend or relative who's just been asked to do it in the States. As you said, in Canada, that's not really a thing. Uh, and they Google, how do I officiate a wedding? And there I am. So that was a lot of, again, hard work. I could have never known that when I started. So that that partly goes with the trust that you'll figure it out as you go. Uh, but don't become maybe even too married to your initial vision. And that's really part of entrepreneuring is following the breadcrumbs and realizing who's interested, who, who is it that inter is interested in the problem you're solving? It might be somebody that you didn't expect. And ultimately, whenever I talk about business, what I love about it is entrepreneuring is just solving a problem. That is all it is. Somebody has a problem and you are solving it for them. And if you can teach and serve them and help them, uh, when you take care of people, they will take care of you. And, and that is absolutely what jazzes me and gets me up in the morning because it's just about figuring out more ways to help people. So I started with that course, which is just about the ceremony. Then I wrote a book, something else I had no idea how to do just to make it more widely available. Now I'm shooting my second course, which is the professional business side of officiating, which the first course doesn't touch because again, that first timer doesn't care about how do I get a website? How do I network with vendors? So second course, but that came out of people saying, Mark, now I officiated this incredible wedding ceremony. People are asking me, how do I handle, how do I deal with clients? I don't know. So that's something I was like, okay, I need to move to that now, right? And right. so there's there's always these problems you are going to encounter in your niche. One big thing is that stops officiants from getting out there is the website terrifies them. Squarespace, Wix, I don't know how to do a website. So I've created a product now that I'm launching in a couple of months where it's a ready-made website for wedding officiants. That is a problem that stopped me. It was make it was I was hitting the wall when I was training them of like they can't do a website. So I just, you know, figured out how to work with a developer, create a website that I can then provide for them, solve the problem and fix it. That is, again, I just love waking up every day and figuring out how to solve these problems and serve these people who need a problem solved. Uh, took me years to figure that out, but here I am. <laughs> yeah, and super and super successful. Um, and just and it's and it's been you know thrilling for me to watch um from the sidelines and just to to see that that growth i mean and just folks just to give you i'm going to give them a little inside scoop on you um mark was in his i think mid 30s and then he just sort of decided you know what i'd like to do carpentry like i'd like to do some woodworking and so you know, I, you know, we, we, we hang out cause we used to live close and, and then one day I go in this garage and it, and his garage is just like this perfect tool, like carpentry and he's making all these things. And I'm <laughs> like, so you just, you just decided to become a carpenter, like, you know, to do woodworking. He's like, yeah, I'm like, okay. All right. Yeah, you talk I, it up a little bit too much and I get embarrassed because I've met real carpenters. But I honestly, Steve, think that like you knew me at that turn in my life. I mean, we've never really put this together because I've heard you say that before and laugh about it. But that is that lesson, though. Like I realized I wanted to start fixing my house and I that lesson of like trust that when you buy the table saw and you, you apply yourself to learn how to use it you will be able to through Googling and talking. Suddenly you'll be in like the table saw community. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, but it was 
like learning that about myself and trusting that process that I think the desperation of needing to pay the bills, you know, have my wife not be the only one making the income. That is what caused me to make that leap into business, finding out when somebody said, you're an entrepreneur and me being, oh yeah. And now it has led to all kinds of other ways. Like I can write a book, I can fix my old house that I bought in, I can move to New Brunswick by the sea and completely start over. So I love that your podcast is about like restarts because I have done that probably four times and just trusted that uh, I am going to have the tools, skills and resources for that to work out not in the smoothest way maybe not in the way that you expect uh but you just have to trust that when you take the step you will find success yeah that's that's amazing and for those of you watching on youtube um mark is now frozen and that's my fault um my computer unlike his is not hardwired so if you see him, and fortunately we got you on a good expression buddy so i just want you to know okay okay yeah (laughs) you don't you don't look like you know you it's nice. It's a nice still portrait. So we've, okay, good. We, we, we've moved from we've moved from, you know, like to one of those interviews where, you know, they say on the phone. So if I am actually create a graphic for this, when it's just on the phone um, so that it looks it looks better. But listen, man, it's been a it, it's been wonderful chatting with you. Um, is there any information uh, I'm going to put information for you down in the links below, but for our listeners who are listening to this, whether it's on Spotify or iTunes, um, where can they find you? Well, unboringwedding.com, just, I just got a brand new website that this wonderful uh, graphics web design company uh, out of Saskatchewan, they, they put it all in one place, what I do. Uh, so my coaching, my book, my YouTube channel, my officiating services, it's all on unboringwedding.com. So that's really just where you go to see all the things I'm up to. Okay. All right. That's great. Listen, man, it was, uh, it was, again, it was awesome having you on. And I know that people are going to get a ton of value out of this. So um, we'll see. I know that you have a second book that's going to come eventually after the second course. (laughs) The second course. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I won't, I won't say that I, that I edited that book, but I, but I edited that book. Yeah. 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 You should say it. (laughs) <laughs> and um and so maybe we'll see next season you can come yep. on we can talk about uh you know maybe some of the things with your new professional course and and, mm-hmm. and go and go from there but yeah any, anyway mark listen thanks so much again for coming on and for those of you listening this is our last episode of season one um i'll be back in a couple of months for our fall season two the Project Dreammaker podcast. Please click like and subscribe. And on my YouTube channel, you're what you will still be getting. Uh, there will be content. There will be writing videos and some other things that we're going to be doing every week. All right, guys, take care. Thanks for coming out, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. Thanks a lot, Steve.